Good morning, everybody. For those of you that may not know me, I am Hunter Wortham, Mike Wortham's son. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, a day that we get to celebrate dads. Uh, what a joy it is to be a son and get to have a father who loves you and encourages his son to walk daily with you. I feel very fortunate to have a relationship like I do with my dad. Thank you for the safety that we had yesterday. Um, fathers and sons going up and down the wall, running around, playing on edges and with ropes and knots. And what a fun time it was. I ask that you would calm my heart, uh, allow me to speak smoothly and concisely, and that you would speak through me. In your son's name, amen. amen. <clears throat> I am doing the internship here at First Baptist Church. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say that what you give to the Benevolence Fund is what I use to go out and help support people, and I use it a lot. So keep that in mind. Happy Father's Day. Let's talk about revenge. <clears throat> <clears throat> Romans 12, 14 through 21. It's the walk of a righteous man. He describes God is calling us to lead by example. He wants us to experience a transformation in Christ. In comparison, Proverbs 6, 12 through 15, is the consequence of what can happen when we let revenge between our relationship with God. So bookmark these two. I'm going to be going between them. Romans 12, 14 through 21, and Proverbs 6, 12 through 15. In Romans 12, 19, it says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. God is saying He will give the perfect judgment for the action. Vengeance is carrying out of that revenge. It is the punishment for wrong. What is revenge? Revenge is the act of following through with the action of inflicting harm. Revenge destroys that relationship we have with others in Christ. Well, that's pretty clear, right? But it may not be so clear how it is affecting your life or your own heart. A wicked man speaks crooked. He deceives. He misleads himself. He justifies that feeling of vengeance. But a righteous man ponders in his heart. He ponders how he acts. He ponders how he lives. So let's ponder in our own hearts. For out of the heart, a transformation into a righteous man begins. In dealing with revenge, there are five points I'd like to make. The heart of a man, the actions of a man, living in harmony, living in peace, and pardoning an offense. Romans 12:14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. In contrast, Proverbs 6, 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. We are instructed to bless others. This, for out, this out of the heart is the first area that we must address. 
and make known about ourselves. Psalms 4.4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts. First ponder what is in your heart. Is it revenge towards somebody or is it to bless somebody? Invite the Holy Spirit in. Ponder how to lead your heart and not be led by it. The heart is deceitful, but in so pondering, you will not only bless yourself, but you will bless others. Keep your heart free of revenge. It's not easy to do. It's a very natural thing to slip into. But the heart of a man ponders how to bless others. When we ponder, we are seeking out God's will for our lives. When we work, when we play, when we raise kids, when we teach. <laughs> In pondering my own heart, I asked my dad, what was it like to raise such a great son? <laughs> he said, I don't know, I'll have to ask Grandpa. <laughs> Consider how to first bless those who have wronged you. Remember, you're not to repay what is rightfully God's to repay. So let Christ into your heart. Let him change what you believe in your heart. The alternative is a wicked and worthless man whose speech is crooked. Even when you are wronged in the deepest way, and you don't know how to bless others because of the revenge that is in your heart, honor the Lord. Be led by what is written. In leading your heart according to God's word, you will begin to take action that honors God. He works out that evil. It is evident that a wicked man does not first ponder in his heart what he should act on, but rather just blindly does. What do I mean by blindly? He doesn't consider any other way. I'm guilty of that. A big point here is to first acknowledge what I have in my heart and then realizing this is not what I should act on. We first act out of our heart, but then we act according to what is in God's word. Over time, it will become an action that blesses others, which brings me to my next point, the actions of a man. A righteous man rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. And in contrast, a wicked man winks with his eye, signals with his foot, and points with his finger. Romans, the first step, sorry, Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. That first step is meeting others where they are. The second step is who are those people you are meeting with? Are they your family members? Are they your loved ones? Are they the ones that you hold close, that you already love? It requires nothing of you to be around those people. You already want to be around them. It does require something of you to be around that neighbor that is hard to get along with or that business partner that took, took your copyrights. It's important to note that it doesn't say who to rejoice with and who to weep with. It just says do. These last few weeks, being the intern, I've gotten to learn the difference between feeling in my heart 
and acting. You'd be amazed at how many people just call the office and ask for help. Specifically, one elderly lady called and said, I need some help moving from one apartment to another. I thought, great, it's going to be easy, it's going to be one room, get a couple of guys together, we can make it happen in an afternoon. All right, I'll come over there, I'll see what needs to be moved. I walk in the door. Oh my word. I didn't know you could fit so much stuff into a one bedroom apartment. <clears throat> I'm thinking, let's move the furniture first. Oh, but wait, we can't even get to the furniture. So let's start with the boxes. I called a bunch more guys. I got another trailer. And, oh, I forgot to mention, she's on oxygen, she has a hard time with stairs, and she's allergic to dust. So anything we moved stirred up a little bit of dust in her house. So what did we do? We stretched the process out. Four weeks later, she's moved into her one-bedroom apartment and still fine, still healthy, still living, but it was a very stressful time for her. And I did not realize that it is okay to take time when you move. You don't have to get it done all in one day. <laughs> she wanted to go through every single box. She wanted to know what was going to storage and what was going to the apartment. So I said, that's just going to have to take some time. So I'd go over with my pickup, load a quarter of it, take it to storage or take it to the apartment, and then I'd call it a day. Like I said, four weeks later, she moved into the other apartment. <clears throat> Throughout this process, what I thought and what I acted on were two very different things. And in Proverbs 16.9, it says that a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. I was physically acting as if I were helping her out of the goodness of my heart, but in fact I wasn't. I didn't have a right heart about it. I was acting if I had a changed heart, but I didn't. I knew the right thing to do, but failed to have a good heart about it. My plan altered in the amount of time it took to accomplish moving her. And yet, and in spite of that, I was led by the Holy Spirit through my actions and allowed her to have a much less traumatic move. If I had done it the way that I had wanted to do it, she would have been overwhelmed and underappreciated and low on oxygen. But I would have felt accomplished, and that's not what God wants. What we think as a sinful man needs to be different than the way we act as a God-honoring man. Would you agree? The actions of a man test everything and hold fast to what is good. In the testing of your actions, Christ begins to do a work that changes your character. What a neat, neat experience that is. In this experience, Christ showed me that what is best for me is not always best for others. In James 2, it talks about works and faith. And putting them together, it says, show me your faith by your works. Once you begin learn, to learn how to conduct yourself in a manner that is Christ-honoring, then you can begin to live in harmony with others. Which brings me to my third point, living in harmony with others. Romans 12, 16. 
Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. And in contrast, a wicked man continually sows discord. Revenge continually sows discord. It never lets the truth be known. Always, it always seeks to carry out its own judgment, our own worldly version of justice that we are owed. I thought I was owed a quick and timely move. Turns out, it just clouds your judgment and how you think of others. Let's, it also, let's not forget that. So, associate with the lowly. Be aware, be present with those that are around you. Your neighbor, your friends, your family, they're all included. Revenge continually sows discord amongst everybody, but it also sows it in your own heart. That is why it takes a community of believers to help work these things out in your own life. Experience life with those around you. In Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how to stir up one another to works and good deeds to love and good works. And from that, we can learn from others and learn to be teachable. So then learn from others. Learn to be teachable. Romans tells us not to be wise in our own eyes. That's the definition of being haughty. In our community, we must be willing to learn and to act on what we know in Scripture, and we need to live it out. I knew this lady needed my help, and I knew she needed Christ. What I didn't know is that God was using her to teach me to align my thinking with what I was acting on. Wanting us to live in harmony, God used my actions to change my thinking. I didn't want to spend my weekends or my free time moving her, but in telling myself to do so, even though I didn't want to, my Heavenly Father changed me. In Colossians 3, it says to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. God used this woman to teach me to find joy in obedience. My actions now reflect what I believe with joy, and not just a young man who is told to be obedient. Life's hard. It's even harder to go through it alone. God calls us to live in relationship with others. We need friends to walk with. We need to rejoice with them. We need to weep with them. The fourth piece is peace. And the piece you need is a piece of the puzzle. Live in peace, Romans 12, 17 through 18. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This means not retaliating. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus, for putting that stipulation in there, if possible. I don't understand how one can be confused between a male and a female. I don't understand why churches split. I don't understand why I have to learn from a trial. Actually, I do. I tend to remember it better. (laughs) I don't have to understand to share Christ's peace and love with them. I think it is possible to live peaceably so far as that you have Christ's peace. What do I mean by that? 
Well, I mean Christ's peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The wicked man in Proverbs doesn't have this peace. In Proverbs 6, 15. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. King Solomon is talking about the calamity being brought upon the wicked man. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. So God's lack of revenge right now is an extension of his mercy. God has given you a choice. In that moment, calamity can come. And you can be broken beyond healing. Revenge convinces us that calamity doesn't happen to us. It only happens to others. Another way to say that is that we are blind to what we stumble over. Proverbs 4.19 The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. When you are so focused on what you want, you are blinded to how it affects your life and your life with others. When you won't be broken, you have hardened your heart. Fortunate for us, God is able to heal the broken. And so, since He is able to break and heal, why would you hold on to vengeance? Why? Why would you not give it to God? Give your revenge to God and let Him have His vengeance. Let Him repay and in turn, receive what God has given, and that is the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give your brokenness to the Father that can heal, and not just heal, but renew. Broken and healed, or broken beyond healing. Christ took on that calamity and brokenness so that we may share in His holiness. What an amazing gift that is. Some of us need to give our actions over to Christ and be led by what we know is true and right in Scripture. And maybe others need to give our heart attitude over to Christ and let their hearts be led. And maybe still need to do both. My last point. Pardon and offense. Romans 12, 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord in choosing to give up what is not ours to enact on, what are we left to give? Some hot coals. <laughs> Sounds nice, right? When you want to pay them back, when you want to follow through on that revenge, and there's nothing more that you can think of, ponder. Pay them back with forgiveness. It is what we are asked to do. It is what we are shown to do. Think for me a moment, think with me for a moment about Jesus Christ on the cross. Do you think he wanted to die? Do you think he wanted to suffer? I don't think so. He was like, pass the cup. But he relinquished to the will of his Father. He released an offense. Christ says, You offended me at the cross and I still pardon you. Will you not pardon those who have offended you? Colossians 3.13 says, 
If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. Christ asks us to give up what is separating us from himself. Revenge says, I am owed this. This is mine. I will receive what I am owed. But in Matthew 5.38-42, Jesus says this, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right, turn to him the left. And if anyone would sue you for your tunic, let him also have your cloak. And if anyone forces you to go with him one mile, go with him two. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Do not refuse the one who is evil? What does he mean by that? A wicked man seeks revenge and takes what is due him. But a righteous man gives that all may be blessed. And let him be blessed in his doing. Let him be blessed in his doing. It is referring to the person. Do not withhold what God has given you. Christ has given up his life, and he has given you life. Revenge says spectacles for spectacles and dentures for dentures. But to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Those coals show them humility and humble them in the face of your kindness. Have you ever felt shame or embarrassed for doing or saying something that was out of line and then being called out by it later? Revenge takes life, but the righteous give life. So give, 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 and give abundantly. Go and go further. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Ah, finally, the answer. Do not resist the evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. With a Christ-focused heart, with Christ-led actions, by living in community, by extending grace, forgiving yourself and others, are we not already victorious in this? Indeed we are. The Lord is the one who will repay what needs to be repaid. How do you want to be repaid? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to do something hard and that is out of my comfort zone. Um, thank you for a quiet spirit and the opportunity to go ahead and practice before people that love me and show me their support. Again, we thank you for fathers and just the sacrificial love that they show day in and day out. Um, and it goes unnoticed by so many. But in light of that, we thank you for them. In your son's name, amen.